We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is epi- ep- ep- I can't even talk. Episode seventy nine. I'm can't able to speak rando. I am Corey. It's early. <laughs> yes, it is early. We are recording this uh, in the afternoon. Yeah, which is early for us. Yeah. Um. So we've we won't be able to provide the afternoon data because uh, generally the GFS and the CMC and stuff they they initialize about three. Three to four, it's about three o'clock now. Well, maybe during the weather school, we'll check and see if anything's updated. Anyway, this is the To Rain or Not To Rain episode. I thought that was a clever title. I was talking. To Rain, that, that is the question. That, is it a question or a statement? Well, I don't I have any punctuation. No. I, I, I think it depends. I think last week, it was a statement. But this upcoming week, it's a question. You know, last week, you know, a week out. It started hinting that we were going to get, you know, a bunch of rain and different media personalities were kind of targeting the Branson area for a bunch bunch of rain. A lot of rain. Like over half a foot. And yeah. <laughs> then it sh- started shifting to the west. And then it started shifting more to the west. And by the time it really happened, well, you know, they issued that flash flood warning for the western couple counties of, of missouri and then on the into, watch yeah yeah the yeah yeah watch yeah a couple and of tiers into, uh, oklahoma you know uh, tulsa said Miami could get about you know four inches of rain. i think they ended up with two and a half percent that's not too bad yeah but the main rain ended up coming down tulsa into the west like tulsa didn't even get the the bulk of it yeah so now, that eastern kansas shift- did yeah, yeah yeah but that thing but, kept shifting to the west mm-hmm. so when you have an event that's seven days out or more, or even less, things are going to change. Exactly. And we say that to say this. We're, we're sort of under a gun, the gun again in the next seven days for some heavy rain. Yeah. The front is going to uh, come down, cold front, and kind of stall in well, the we area. we actually have two fronts. Two fronts. One that's earlier in the week, and it's very it's very weak. It's not a strong front at all. Okay, uh, could be the focus mechanism for some you know pop ups. There's some you know it's a very weak front, but it could heck it could rain a little bit. Another bigger front's coming down you know, in a Friday Saturday time frame, and that is what they're looking at to dump some rain on us. Yeah, and I noticed the forecast really. You know, clicks up in the Weather Prediction Center. I kept looking at that. Uh, last night I looked at it, and they were like, yeah, it could rain. Then I looked at it this morning, and it's like, holy cow, yeah. they're hitting it. Like Nevada, Missouri, there's a little, what is it, that tan spot, which is like 7 to 10. Yeah, I thought, yeah. really? But like, it changes every <laughs> twice a day. Yeah, and we got to follow it. Now, I will say all the ingredients are there right now. We're going to have a ton of moisture in the in the air that's 
all the ingredients that were there last week are going to be here this week. Yes. P- exact placement, you know, we're not confident on right now. Exactly. Uh, I will say the area is a wider area than, than last week, and it's more of a uh, western to eastern yeah. flow. Yeah, I, I think, let me explain what happened uh, last week. Uh, there was a large area of high it pressure. It was very strange. It, it was very odd, I thought. But that high pressure was a huge bubble of high pressure over Arizona, and you could see it on the satellite. You could see it on, on radar. It's like that huge clockwise motion. And these waves of energy were riding along that periphery. So they were going through like Nebraska and then a little bit of Kansas and then down into western Missouri and down, you know, following that thing. But I think what happened is when that when that high fluctuates, you know, it wasn't center. It was they call it the desert southwest, but the satellites I saw were kind of over Arizona. If it the high shifted, then that per- perimeter would shift too. And I think that's what happened. And also the strength of the high. If it's a huge bubble, which it is, but if it started flattening out a little bit, then it would take that axis of rain over, like you know, we were talking about in Kansas and Tulsa. Do you know how much Tulsa got? I, I didn't look. No. There, there was some place in eastern Kansas, somebody said they got 8 to 10 inches of yeah, rain. I bet. And I don't think Nevada. I mean, Joplin, I think, got... One or two. I mean, the same as Miami. Yeah, and and I got point two. I got two tenths of an inch. Uh, I think that's just about <laughs> what I got. <laughs> that's weird. Now, some parts of Branson to the west of, uh, like the high school onto the west, they got over an inch, just a tiny little swath. That's right, because and there was it was another pouring. one of those swaths near Merriam Woods. Now, I just missed out on that one because I live very close to Merriam Woods. Mm-hmm. But uh. It was a welcome rain. I, I was grilling. I always grill in the rain. I was grilling last night and I started sprinkling. <laughs> Why do you always grill in the rain? Well, I always grill. Oh. And it just but, happened to but, be raining. <laughs> I, no, I don't always grill. But I like to grill in the rain. I like when it really? rains. I like when it rains. I like to grill in the, in the snow. I know well, that's I weird. I do that too. Yeah. It's hard to do that though. Sometimes I can't get my temperature regulated in the cold Oh. Arctic air. Okay, it's harder to grill in cold. Are you it's charcoal or gas? My, I'm gas. You get okay, but it's harder to when I do a tri tip. Mm-hmm. I turn it all the way up to hot, all five burners or six, however many I have, and I I uh, sear it for 15 minutes on the fat side down. Okay, and then I turn it down over, turn half my grill off, half my grill on. I put my tri tip over the part of the grill that's not on. But I have to maintain my heat at 350 exactly for an hour. And it's harder to do that when it's cold. Ah. You have to turn more gas on. or It's just an experiment. Interesting. Yeah. So it'd be easier if you did it in the oven, I guess. You sear it and then put it in the oven. Um, I've never done one in the oven. Really? I really want to get a new smoker, though, and try it in the smoker. So you're going to train me on how to do tri I've never done oh. tri-tips before. You go to Harder House. Harder House is... A friend of Stormdar, by the way, every time I yes. go in there, whether it's in the back of the meat counter or up front, I always get recognized, and uh, I usually always have a tri-tip. But you can, they, they right on the counter, they have instructions for tri-tip. One side is for grill, and the other side is for oven. That's all you got to do is follow I, I need to try it. You said they're really tender, right? Yeah. Try, uh, Harder House, mm-hmm. by the way, and only, there's like nine Harder Houses in this area. Uh the Hollister location is starting to deliver 
to your house. You can either go pick it up and they'll bring it to you in in your car in the parking lot, kind of like Walmart does. Yeah. Or they'll bring it to your house. That's just something. You know, they're not a sponsor or anything, but I was pushing that because I thought it was cool. Interesting. I mean, they I, I do a lot of, I buy a lot of meat from Harder House. Oh, I do too. It's, it's the it, best place around. It, it's rare that I go to. I, I love getting uh, the eight ounce fillets. Mm. Love those. And my rump roast, my wife's favorite rump roast recipe. I, I buy bacon for BLTs. We've had a lot of BLTs because tomatoes are, you know, happening right now. They were late this year because of all the rain we had. Yeah. So now mm. tomatoes are ripe and everybody's got tomatoes. So we've been eating a lot of BLTs. And in that farmer's market downtown on Tuesdays or something yes. now? See, I need to start going down there. And, you know, honestly, We've had messages on people who want to set up shops down there. Is it going to rain? There was a big oh, yeah, storm sure. coming, and they message us. So we've got followers from the from the farmer's market, and we love that. So we are we need to take that in consideration when we post now. It's mm-hmm. like, do the Storm Dar Weather Farmer's Market downtown Branson weather forecast? <laughs> and tomorrow, we need to say, um, there's... It, isn't tomorrow that that first initial little week front you were talking about? Yeah, I mean, and and we could see some lightning out of that. I'm not expecting anything severe. Now I will say mm-hmm. that the 12:30 update for the day two uh, storm prediction center convective outlet came out, and it did bring that marginal down a little closer to us. But Is it not, down to Springfield yet? But we're not right there. Yeah. Let me bring it up on the stormdarweather.com website here. Ah, gotcha. Uh, let's see here. We are, yeah, it's close to Springfield, but not quite. Yeah, and marginal really is not, you no, know, you know but, we don't dismiss it, but there could be one or two little elevated storms in a marginal, um, and and that's possible. And and with that front in the area, like you said, we're, we're going to have more numerous scattered poppers. We got a few poppers out there today. Um, they've missed Branson so far, but just... Just east of us, I mean, eastern Taney County. It That's a pretty good sized popper over in Mountain Home, Arkansas. It's, it's almost a, wouldn't call it a popper anymore. Oh, it's got really? some lightning and it's kind of long. Oh, wow. But yeah, we've had some poppers. We had a couple yesterday that skirted uh, Bull Shoals Lake over by you know, Diamond City and Lake Hill. They area. always get stuff down they there. They do. I don't know why. They any, do. Any clue why? Is it the water or is it the. They're just lucky. The lead or the diamonds? I don't the know. Lead and the diamonds. Be, they could be well, lucky. What do they got over there that we don't know about? Yeah, uh, I think we need to take a my ancestors are all from Lead Hill and buried over in Lead Hill. Oh yeah, and yeah. our 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 friend Casey Campbell is down there in uh, Ber, Ber, Bergman. Yeah, Bergman, yeah, and he gives between, us some reports between Harrison and Lead Hill. My my ancestors all died in the 1800s and had to be moved when they built Bull Shoals Dam because their whole area was underwater, so they got oh. moved from. The family cemetery up into the city cemetery. It's just pretty cool. Well, speaking of bull shows, my buddy Ray, he always walks around bull shows and uh, right up power site mm-hmm. around there. And bull shows is about back to where it should be right now. So, so the lakes are kind of stabilizing back down to power pool, which is good because if you know this rain event explodes and we get five, seven inches, you know, then it's going to flow into those watersheds and. You know, now, now, granted that the Weather Prediction Center is talking about the heavier rain up north of us, and it's close enough. Yeah, I mean, it would need to fall over the White River Basin to really. Uh, what did you say the other day? Barry County. If it falls in Barry County, that would go uh, well. Springfield. Yeah. That's James. James River flows right to Table Rock. 
It does? And Kimberly See, City. When I worked at the showboat, all the Marine crew explained all that to me, all the watersheds. I need yeah. I need to to get my watershed uh, knowledge boosted here. Because <laughs> I know down there, a be- doesn't Beaver down in Arkansas, doesn't that kind of flow in? Well, Beaver is part of is the White River. It's white. Okay. See, I don't know what I'm talking it's about. It's just upstream. The easier thing for me is I'll just ask you. You have three <laughs> lakes in the area. That's Beaver, uh-huh. Table Rock, and Bull Shoals. Bull Shoals is the last dam before the Mississippi River. So that's a succession. Beaver, Table Rock, Taney, Como, Bull Shoals. And right. Then, okay. That's a succession. And there's no more dams after the... Uh, Bull Shoals Dam, and that's why they hold so much water in Bull Shoals. What, that's basically what it's there for. Yeah, it's designed to hold it's hold, well, yeah. hold that water so it doesn't flood the tons of towns between here and the Mississippi River. Yeah, I just needed to see, you know, if it falls in uh, Lake Springfield, where does that water... Uh, uh, the aquifers and the watersheds, they're, they're really cool, you know, because water is going to take... It, well, especially here, because there's a huge... There's underground rivers around here. That's oh, yeah. Weird. But they're all going to eventually come out. A lot of them come out in, in Table Rock. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And water is like lightning. I mean, lightning doesn't take the shortest path. It takes the easiest path. So you could be... Well, water strong. Eventually, it will carve its path. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But but it will take the easiest path around. or Not necessarily the shortest. It'll have to go around. But, sure. yeah, it's heavier than lightning. Well, wait a minute. Yeah, it's heavier than lightning. So you're right. It will... <laughs> carve its way in the uh, uh, the great grand canyon so how about there you go. okay we we kind of uh kind of straight a little bit on that um you know we we've had uh several requests on specific forecasts for people around the area and i we push them to uh, that special thing that you you put on our website stormdoorweather.com if you're not from branson uh it's right at the top it's a banner and what you do, you can click that. Like, say, if you're in, let's say, Aurora, and you click that banner, then you will get the forecast for your area. As it, long as you're on Wi-Fi. Yeah, as long as, you, as long as you're on Wi-Fi, it'll, it'll pick up and ping where you're at. So, it, it, a matter of fact, you, you could be anywhere. You could be Las Vegas, Nevada, and you could still click that. As long as you're on Wi-Fi, and it will give you your local La, Las Vegas um Forecast. Currents, forecasts, and radar. Yeah, and I think that's a really, really cool thing. You know, now if you, if you're not on Wi-Fi, then it gets what you're explaining. It gets screwed up. It goes well, it to like the hub on or where something. Where your LTE, where your cell phone carrier is is sending your your signal from. Yeah, yeah. I think you did that one time on there, and it, it sent you to St. Louis or something right. like that because yeah. that's where the main the main hub, I guess, is in Verizon. Yeah. Well, it's I'm introduced a new segment. It's probably going to only be a, a, a one segment thing. It's called Stormdar Vocabulary Lesson. Oh Yay! My. Wait a minute. Let me get my applause. Okay, and what that is, we've had several people misspell a couple of words, and uh, we just want to clear that up of actually what those words, uh, how they're spelt, and what they are. The first one is severe. Severe, S-E-V-E-R-E. It is. It means severe. It's uh, potentially damaging when it comes to a thunderstorm. Uh, very intense. But it ends with an E. It ends with an E. Yes. And it's not server. It's not server. It's severe. So, <laughs> and there's not an I in it. Um, and the second one is your favorite, Corey. Lightning. 
Yes. It's not lightning. No. In fact, there's no ease in lightning at all. No. That's a good rule to live by. <laughs> that uh, That's good. L-I-G-H-T-N-I-N-G, lightning. Mm-hmm. And it's not lighting. <laughs> no, so true. lighting, like, uh, let me see if I can say this. Lightning is lightening up the sky. How about that? Sort of, yeah, I guess. I'll give you that. Well, it's very enlightening. It is. Oh, that was awful. <laughs> anyway, that was our storm drive vocabulary segment. If we if we see some other misspell, and we're not talking people in comments, we're actually talking professional agencies, not the yeah. National Weather Service, but yeah, it's, not yet, not yet. It's just a little proofreading, and you know we all make mistakes. I make mistakes. You've corrected some of my mistakes on there. Thank you, but it's just trying to get that information out there so fast, and it's the iPad. I have trouble. Posting on that iPad, I want to get on my computer. You like the iPad and the iPhone. You can post really easy mm-hmm. from there. Well, see, you're younger than me. It must be my eyesight. I don't know. <laughs> it, it takes some practice. Yeah. Well, I'm a piano player. I should be able to just yeah, right. <laughs> flip right through there. <laughs> well, let's get to the tropics. And, uh, boy, they were very active this past week. But right now, as of 3.15 today, uh, the Atlantic, nothing. They were watching a disturbance over kind of like the Cuba moving in. It was generating some thunderstorms around southern Florida, Key West. And it just, you know, they thought it was going to go up towards North Carolina, but it just lost its its gumption. And we also remember last week we were watching that thing off the, the Punta Verde Island uh, off of uh, Africa. And, you know, we were thinking, you know, that's kind of where these hurricanes, if they can just get the, if they can hang on to the right stuff, they can really take off, and that's where our major hurricanes uh, develop. And we were watching it, and it it kind of moved, and then st- suddenly the National Hurricane Center said, oh, okay, there's like a 70% chance in five days this thing is going to ramp up, and we're like, oh, boy, and we watching it. And then the next day, they're like, well, it's now a 50% chance. And yesterday it was like eh, maybe a 20, you know, a, a 0 to 10% chance. Well, and, let me ask you this. All right. Do you know why? Do you know why the chance of Atlantic hurricanes has gone down this year and what has been preventing the formation of them? The only thing I can think of is El Nino. Am I right? What? What is it? It is. I know something that Randy doesn't know. Well, of course you do. (laughs) What? It's dust from the Saharan Desert. Really? And it's blowing right over where it would normally form. And it's blowing way on into the ocean. And Saharan dust has been hindering any tropical storm development in the Atlantic this year. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's they had one, you know, was it earlier this week or last week? It said 70%, and then it kept going down, 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 now nothing. That's what I was talking about, yeah. And it's due to Saharan dust. Uh, scientists have long studied how the Sahara dust uh, affects storms in the Atlantic. It's dry Dusty air can sap storms of their much-needed moisture, ah. leaving them to wither and potentially choking off their their life, their lives. Basically, it's they they can't grow. Yeah, they can't sustain. That that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. And but did you see how far out there uh, it was in the ocean when they said seventy percent? So this Saharan dust must be picked up and you know really catapulted pretty far out, you know, in the atmosphere. You can actually see the Saharan dust from space 
Oh. And how it's affecting the, the entire uh, area where they would normally, you know, begin. But uh, things could change. It yeah. says, it says. well, we know that the uh, mo- most active uh, weeks for Atlantic uh, tropical development, they fall between August 20th and the first week of October. Yeah. So you get some of that Saharan dust to blow the other direction or just settle or whatever it does. It can still happen. Well, there's a big high out there right in the middle of the Atlantic. I saw that. And, of course, the counterclock- the clockwise flow around that. That kind of makes sense now that I'm picturing it in my mind. If you got the big high and the wind's blowing clockwise around mm-hmm. it, it's picking up that Saharan dust and pumping it back into the atmosphere. That makes total sense. I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, yeah, and and there's nothing out there. A now. lot of times, sometimes that Saharan dust will make it to the United States. Really? Yeah, and and it affects uh, you, it affects sunsets and different things, and will make it look hazy. Mm-hmm. I think that happened a year or two ago. Uh, it was coming up through the Gulf of Mexico. So yeah, it's very oh, okay. Interesting. It made it and come up through the Gulf because I know smoke. When mm-hmm. we get smoke, that makes really fascinating. And the moon true. gets all red yeah. and people freak out and the wolves come out. And yeah, that's very fascinating. But that's different compared to the uh, central Pacific. Now, the eastern Pacific, we had, okay, let, let, let's start this. We had Eric. Eric developed right in the middle of the eastern Pacific, started moving west and west-northwest, looked like it was going to go and hit Hawaii, but it kind of took a left turn. And it uh, got, oh, several hundred miles from Hawaii and started decreasing. It was a hurricane. So it brushed the southern edge of Hawaii, and they had hurricane warnings and tropical storm warnings and all sorts of flash flood warnings or watches out all over the place. So Eric has since dissipated, but then we had all of our eyes on Flossie, which had a little bit more northern trajectory, and Flossie picked up, and it just barely became a hurricane for like, what, one forecast thing, like six hours? (laughs) I mean, it really, it just barely hit it, and then dropped back down to 70, Mm -hmm. but now Today, Flossie is just kissing Hawaii on the northern end. So it's not even really Flossie. It's just like a remnant low now. Yeah, it? yeah. It's just it's it's a depression and decreasing. I think the last thing I saw was winds are like thirty. Yeah, you know, it's just nothing. It fortunately for Hawaii, um, you know, it took a little bit northern track so it's not going to the center will not go over hawaii but there are flash flood watches all out all over the place uh i looked at the hawaiian forecast probably tuesday they're going to get projected one to two inches of rain uh and they said breezy conditions maybe 25 30 miles an hour of wind so you got spared on this one and then after flossy there was gill we had gill coming out there but uh, Conditions just weren't favorable. Gil, I think, did Gil ever become a tropical storm? It was a depression. Well, it was named. I don't. Know. Yeah. Well, once they hit depression, they'll name it. But then, I think it did for not very long. Yeah, and it's gone now. I mean, yeah. it just really. It wasn't expected to hold on. No. And on the on the uh, eastern Pacific, that's where we watch them. You know, south of Mexico, west of South America, right around that you know equatorial zone where they develop. There's nothing out there now. So we're in a really quiet period. Uh, once we get Flossie out of here, um, 
maybe next week we'll have something else to talk about in the tropics. Maybe. But but I thought three or four days ago, I thought, oh, man, we're going to have so much in the tropics mm-hmm. to talk about because there was three named cyclonic systems, and now there's just one. So maybe we should record last week. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> we're going to keep uh, watching that. I think we need to go to the weather school because I need to drink and clear this frog out of my throat. So the weather school this week is all about cloud seeding. Everything you need to know, want to know, <clears throat> or whatever. So let's get to that before I choke. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, stormed our weather school. For this weather school, we're going to talk about something that has been somewhat controversial in the past. Cloud seeding. Cloud seeding is a type of weather modification that aims to change the amount or type of precipitation that falls from clouds. This is done by dispersing substances into the air that serve as cloud condensation or ice nuclei, which alter the microphysical processes within the cloud. The usual intent is to increase precipitation, but hail and fog suppression are also widely practiced in airports where harsh weather conditions are experienced. The most common chemicals used for cloud seeding include silver iodide, potassium iodide, and dry ice. Liquid propane, which expands into a gas, has also been used. This can produce ice crystals at higher temperatures than silver iodide. After promising research, the use of hygroscopic materials, such as simple table salt, is becoming more popular. When cloud seeding, increased snowfall takes place where temperatures within the clouds are between 19 above and 4 degrees below zero. Introduction of a substance such as silver iodide, which has a crystalline structure similar to that of ice, will induce snowfall production. Cloud seeding chemicals may be dispersed by aircraft or by dispersion devices located on the ground, like generators or canisters fired from anti-aircraft guns or rockets. For release by aircraft, silver iodide flares are ignited and dispersed as an aircraft flies through the inflow of a cloud. Whether cloud seeding is effective in producing a statistically significant increase in precipitation is still a matter of debate with contrasting results depending on the study in question and contrasting opinion among experts. A study conducted by the National Academy of Sciences failed to find statistically significant support for the effectiveness of cloud seeding. Stanford University ecologist Rob Jackson surmised the reporting by opining, quote, I think you can squeeze out a little more snow or rain in some places under some conditions, But that's quite different from a program claiming to reliably increase precipitation. In 2003, the U.S. National Research Council released a report stating, 
Science is unable to say with assurance which, if any, seeding techniques produce positive effects. A 2010 Tel Aviv University study claimed that the common practice of cloud seeding to improve rainfall with materials such as silver iodide and frozen carbon dioxide seemed to have little, if any, impact on the amount of precipitation. A 2011 study suggested that airplanes may produce ice particles by freezing cloud droplets that cool as they flow around the tips of propellers. Over wings or over jet aircraft and thereby unintentionally seed clouds. This could have potentially serious consequences for particular hailstone formation. In the United States, cloud seeding is used to increase precipitation in areas experiencing drought, to reduce the size of hailstones that form in thunderstorms, and to reduce the amount of fog in and around airports. In the summer of 1948, the usually humid city of Alexandria, Louisiana, seeded a cloud with dry ice at the municipal airport during a drought and quickly received 85 hundredths inches of rainfall. Here are some statements from a few countries around the world. In Indonesia, Cloud seeding was used to minimize a flood risk in anticipation of heavy floods in 2013, according to the Agency for Assessment and Application of Technology. Israel states they have been enhancing rain in convective clouds since the 1950s. The practice involves emitting silver iodide from airplanes and ground stations. The seeding takes place only in the northern parts of Israel. In France, cloud seeding began during the 1950s with the intent of reducing hail damage to crops. In Southeast Asia, open burning haze pollutes the regional environment. Cloud seeding has been used to improve the air quality by encouraging rainfall. Scientists may not be sure if cloud seeding actually works, but despite the skepticism, countries are moving forward. So the big question is is it all worth the effort? Much more data has to be collected in order to state for certain that the efforts of man will have any major effect on the works of Mother Nature. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather@gmail.com and in the subject line put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormed Our Weather School. Okay, I think I've averted the, the choking hazard, which was phlegm and everything today. So hopefully, Yummy.、Uh, yeah. So hopefully, I will be fine for the rest of the podcast.、Um, also,、uh, we just really want to tell you I mean, if you like our little weather schools, we've got. Dozens of them, and they are all on our site, stormdarweather.com. And how do they get there, Corey?、Uh, they can hit the、uh, podcast and media tab, and、mm-hmm. a little drop down menu pops up. Click on Weather School. Yeah, you can listen to any of them. There's, and we're, we're I haven't been able to record、uh, any new ones in a while. Well, I, I had a couple new ones up there. Or, well, there's enough there. up there. They, they can listen to the archive for. Yeah. 
hours. And, and they're they're anywhere between five and a half and seven and a half minutes long. You're just little little tidbits of information, and I'm always looking for new ideas on a weather school. I mean, I have some in my head that I'm I'm wanting to do. Uh, but if you got any ideas, like the the the, the trailer said. On there, you know, email email us at stormdarweather.com and give us give me a suggestion because I love making weather schools. I want to know what you guys want to know. If there's something about the weather you're just you just don't know about and you want to learn about it. And you know, there's there's a chance that I don't know about it either. And I will research it and put it on the weather school. So there you go. Now, Corey, you're just something happened. You just saw. Something happened up there in Minnesota today, like now? Right this afternoon. They, they're getting some uh, pretty large hail in Minnesota right now. They're under an enhanced risk for severe weather up there today. Yeah. Uh, Four-inch hail is falling. Holy crap. And uh, that would do some damage to your noggin. Four-inch. Yeah, they got wow. a on it. I got, I'm seeing a picture right here in Delano, Minnesota. Uh, they got a, a ruler, and it's four inches and maybe then some. Holy cow! But it's it's big. Now that's what I call a severe thunderstorm. That that's uh, not server severe that's... thunderstorm. <laughs> severe wow. would be an understatement, I think. For oh uh, for yeah, a storm like that, that. Well, you know, if I was getting four inch hail, I would think it'd be apocalyptic storm. <laughs> yeah, <You know? laughs> not I mean, not only severe but apocalyptic or whatever. And you know, there's an article you turned me on to right beforehand. I just want to. Uh, see, it's from CNN, and uh, from it was by Isab- Isabel uh, Garretson, I think, CNN, uh, posted today. July is confirmed as the hottest month recorded. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, it probably wasn't, you know, we didn't feel it here in the Ozarks, but the heat. Globally. Uh, globally, just, yeah, everything. It beat the record of July of 2016. By I think zero point five degrees Celsius. Yeah, and and Celsius is different than Fahrenheit. Yeah. And uh, do you know the formula for converting? I know I used to. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Well, for all of uh, let's see now now what what was Garen's class? His teacher's name? Uh, you're asking the wrong person. Oh no, she's follower of our page. Uh, I forget her name. Well, she had a. Lindsay Hamilton for fifth grade and then uh, sixth grade. Uh, Lindsay Hamilton's a hu- huge Stormdar fan, by the way. Yes, yes. And I can't, for the life of me, remember a sixth grade teacher's name. Amy, uh, I can't. Anyway, forgive us. Blame Corey. Yeah, blame me. Yeah. <laughs> My <laughs> wife's not here. She'd know. Oh, that's that's true. So here is the formula. If you want to convert uh, Fahrenheit into centigrade or centigrade into Fahrenheit. Okay, you ready? C equals five-ninths F minus 32. So the first thing you would do is take F minus 32. So let's say you're at 212 degrees. So you subtract 32 from that. I don't have a calculator. <laughs> then you multiply it by 5, divide it by 9, and then you've got the centigrade temperature. And remember, folks, lightning has no E. Yeah. <laughs> And severe has no eye. Yes. Yeah. So a little bit of trivia going on there. Uh, Anyway, back to this uh, hottest. I'm looking at this thing. Did you see any major? uh, uh, Yeah. uh, 
this means rapidly approaching the crucial threshold of 1.5 degrees, which will precipitate the risk of extreme weather events and food shortages. So we need to get a... Do you uh, think it had anything you know. to do with El Nino? Possibly? Honestly, I don't. Because the 2016 hot was the last, and, and we were under a huge El Nino then. Yeah, we're only under this week, a, this time a little we one. We weren't under that, and it's not... Personally... I'm, I think it's more of a neutral situation now, but... El Nino? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're going down. I mean, they'll, they'll update it a week from Thursday. Second Thursday of the... Of the wait, no, it's this Thursday. Is that the second Thursday? Yo, yeah, they'll do it this Thursday because that'll be the 8th. Right. Okay, so we'll do an El Nino update on the 8th. But I think the climate change warming thing is not from El Nino. I think it's the other way around. I think because the Earth is heating up, I think El Nino and all the other ones are, causing it. Are, are affected by it, whether yeah. they're going to be <clears throat> there. Oh, there's that frog again. Oh, I think it's time for you to well, do some makes, talking. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, weather is just so cool. Well, let's get to the next segment, which is This Week in Weather History. So, Corey, what you got? Well, This Week in Weather History, there was a storm somewhere. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Let me see if I You're can find it. To find I, saved, <laughs> I saved it in my photos. I tossed it to you because I'm, I'm, I need to. August 1st, 1983. During the early afternoon hours, a strong microburst swept across Andrews Air Force Base. That's over in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, the base recorded a wind peak wind gust of 149 miles per hour from this mic. It had to have been right there at the base. It had to, because that's like a Cat 4 or 5 hurricane right there. Guess Cat 4. Okay, well, wow. here's, here's the uh, fun fact of the whole situation. Okay. Six minutes before that 149-mile-per-hour wind gust, President Reagan landed on Air Force One right there at the base. Whoa. Yeah. So he landed, got away from it. Yeah. Oh, that would have been like really there's a there's a, uh, there's a headline out of the Washington Post that says, Ronald Reagan's near brush with weather-induced death. The August 1st, 1983 microburst. Wow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to research on that. Yeah. I want to see that. 149 miles an mm-hmm. hour? Wow, because I think a Cat 5 is 155, I think. I'm pretty sure, yeah, 155 is a Cat You know, those microbursts, you can't predict them really. Right. And, I mean, if it was a severe thunderstorm or a a known complex, they sure wouldn't be landing in Air Force One in the middle of that. No. In six minutes, that's cutting it close. Well, and back then, they didn't have the technology they do today. I mean, microbursts happen really fast, but wind shear, they can kind of see now with the radar. Well, that would flip some planes over. Easily. Yeah. Easily. I mean, it would it would flip semis over, and it happened right there. Oh, man. Well, talk about luck. Mm-hmm. That, that was really, really good. So that's really cool. Um Excuse me. I'm having just issues today. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's what's going on. So anyway, I think it's probably time for the next segment. It's the weather word of the week. And this week's Stormdar weather weather word of the week is Well by looking at it, I'm gonna say actinometer. 
You are correct. It's I don't own active. one. No, I don't either. But it's a scientific instrument used to measure the heating power of radiation, particularly solar radiation. See, that's that's fascinating. I guess I guess you could use that in like power generation or something. I'm really not sure. Yeah. Why, I mean, solar flares, maybe it's a space weather type of thing. I would think so. I don't know. I just thought it was a cool word, and I put it on there. I know nothing it about is cool. it. <laughs> Scientific instrument to uh, to measure the the heating power of radiation. Oh, that's what it is. So, so when all these people are out by the by the lake and they're tanning themselves, they can put an actinometer on their body and measure the amount of radiation, the heat that the radiation is. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I don't know. It's a cool word. <laughs> so there you go. It is cool. Oh, goodness me. Well, I think I've <clears throat> kind of exhausted my words for the day. You got any more words? Uh, no. <laughs> any, anything else? Severe uh, is not server. Not server. Lightning has no Lightning, e. yes. And we may may see some of that tomorrow. Oh, yeah. we we you, you were looking at the uh, seven-day... There's some... I don't know. We're just going to have to keep watching the Weather Prediction Center. I mean, it's Monday, and they're talking about something that's going to happen Friday or Saturday. So things are going to change. Things are going to shift, just like the last, the thing that happened last week when they thought the axis was going to go in western Missouri, and it actually didn't. So I'm not holding my breath. And I'll share this tidbit of information. Okay. Go to our website, stormdarweather.com. You're going to see the uh, the tabs on top. It's going to say home, severe weather, lake levels. If you click on severe weather, it's going to open up a mini menu. And it's going to say active advisories. Click on that active advisory, and it's going to have the hazardous weather outlook. And it, it, it explains what they're expecting today and what they're expecting for the next seven days. And uh, it's basically just an outlook. It's not necessarily a forecast, but it's what could happen so there's a little map on there it kind of explains what's going on uh so it's something new i added uh, about a week ago oh good so you didn't tell me oh i forgot yeah you always you always tell me you're always tweaking that website oh, which yeah. is awesome I, I i love that I, sometimes i go there and everything's in a different order and i'm like oh, wait a minute just <laughs> <laughs> what happened yeah so we'll get those i think there's two or three weather schools or whatever we need to get up there visit that uh, if you're not from Branson, click that uh, thing at the top where it says not from Branson. Get that. I mean, this this website is amazing. It's got stuff all over it and uh, compartmentalized. It really has well. to do with weather. If it has to do with weather, it's on there, hopefully. Oh, yeah. Around here. It's going to affect you. Yeah, and I think you've even got the WPC on there. The, what the yeah, and weather. the severe weather tab. You got yeah, you got a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. And that's what we're looking at. So, you know, if you hit the severe weather, scroll down to the bottom. It's got the, the Weather Prediction Center, and it's painting that picture of where they think, um, you know, the heaviest rain axis is going to fall. It could, uh, uh, again. And it will know. change every 12 hours. 12? Yeah, okay. It will, around 4 a.m. to 4 p.m., it changes. Oh, so uh, it's going to change here in a little bit. Then. Well, it just changed. It changed early today. Oh, okay. So, but that's a general guideline, maybe 3.30, but, uh, and it will change. It's not going to stay the same. Oh, It's one exactly. of those that's going to change on every update. Yeah. Just, just like the National Hurricane Center. There you know, we saw there's, 
nothing. There's nothing out there in the Atlantic. We've got all the Sahara dust. Uh, I think I think all the energy got used up in, in the Pacific, and now poor Flossie is just, like I said, kissing Hawaii, so nothing major she for the effects of our city and make some funnel cakes at her Flossie's fried fancies. That's right. I need to go I need to go get me a, a funnel cake. Yeah. You know how many years it's been since I've had a funnel cake? I don't I'm my wife loves them, my kids love them. I'll eat on theirs, but I don't like my own. Really? Yeah. Oh, when my I was a kid we used to eat them all the time. Yeah. And and uh what is the the corn dogs? I can't do corn dogs. They don't like me. I like really? them, but they don't like me. Hmm. It must it might be the wieners. I don't know. I, Interesting. I don't know. So the Stormdar Weather Food Allergy Report. Uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I think we've probably talked enough on this. When you got anything else? Uh, I hope it rains. I hope we get something. You know, there's, yeah. there's a chance. There's a hope. Uh, when, when, whenever there's a an area painted on the seven-day, it gives me hope that they might get it right this time. And it, it's a little sweeter when it happens in August. Because August is usually hot and dry and yeah, miserable. The dog days. So if right. we can get any relief in August, you know, so be it. I mean, yeah, it's gonna bring that grass back to life. We'll have to be mowing, I'm sure. But yeah. But uh, we like cooler temperatures that it brings. And just oh yeah, that, especially those outflow boundaries. And yeah, it, those it, are nice. That that comes with these poppers, and that's kind of what what's happening. I mean, we've got uh, that pretty big storm down there in near uh, Mountain Home, Arkansas. Yeah. Is that what you're yeah. But everything seems to be today east of Branson. But tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, with that weak boundary in place, we're going to get some more numerous much poppers. More, I think, yeah, much better chance of poppers around here tomorrow, I would yeah. think. And then Wednesday's fine. I would then, say, well, yeah, Wednesday kind of goes down, but then it goes up again Thursday, Friday, and then keeps going up. Yeah, we're just gonna we're, we'll keep our eye on it. So just keep checking into our our page, our Facebook page, and and our website, and we'll we'll post up there. Okay, well let's wrap this thing up. Be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather, like our page, and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your newsfeed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, check out our website and our merch store at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast.